that you all do with Film Futures Foundation. You guys are the founders of it. Um, it's something that it's been on our, I would say it's been on our radar. I'm excited to talk about it today because I don't think we've ever dove into it. Um, we've got a connection and a mutual friend, Dave Lavender, who has worked a lot with the film industry, I think more on the state government side. And you all have founded this nonprofit kind of separate entity um, to kind of promote and bring awareness and uh, facilitation um, and support to film projects, to film enterprises, to production companies in the great state of West Virginia. Um, that's kind of the high level gist of it from my understanding, but I'd love to kind of pick your brain like why, how, and then maybe talk about some of the momentum that you guys have built. Um, Ashley, if you want to kick it off, um, how did, I know you're, you've had uh, experiences professionally with acting um, and whatnot, so you, you've been in that world, but why is the right time now for West Virginia? And what are some of the benefits of embracing this in, in the economy? Yeah. Uh, so really props to this guy. This was his kind of creation from the beginning. You know, yeah, I've, I've been involved uh, in filmmaking in, in front of the camera, um, you know, for gosh, I'm kind of showing my age here, but like a little, <laughs> <laughs> a little over, a little over 20 years now. And, uh, you know, he and I, Justin and I have grown up together, lifelong best friends. Um, and, you know, even when we were little kids, we were running around with cameras, always wanting to make movies. And like everyone else, we were told that in order to be in that world, you have to leave West Virginia, you have to leave Appalachia. And when I was um, 20 years old, I discovered a, a place called Wilmington, North Carolina, and I went down there for just a little bit, you know, working at screen gyms and just trying to build build out my experience and, and whatnot. And I did come back. And, you know, we've talked for years and years about why is it that there are hardly any opportunities here in West Virginia. And then the film office went away. We didn't really have a film tax credit. So things weren't great. Then all of a sudden, everything's, you know, this amazing tax credit comes back, the best and the most competitive in the nation. Now we have a film office again and just said, hey, here's this thing that I think we should do, which I'll let him explain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it started like last year, even before the film tax credit even came back. We had started a Facebook group because there just generally was no support for anyone to like find other actors and things like that out there that we could find. So we started a Facebook group, started inviting people, and it continues to snowball with people getting in there. Um, just tried to build that up. And then all at once, they're like, hey, we're getting ready to pass the film tax credit. No, so the ball keeps rolling. We start talking to Dave Lavender. It gets enacted. And you see there's a, a small influx of movies and things like that coming in to the state. So we decided to to point the 501c3 because Dave is kind of a one-man operation right now. Um, he's dealing with a lot of high-level, you know, going to festivals and things like that, trying to hit like the big overreaching areas to get this word out there. But there still is a gap beneath that. And as we've continued and, and started this thing up, we keep finding other little small things that need to, you know, be filled in. So we're still fairly new, but we're trying to fill some of those gaps. Um, one part of the film tax credit that is the 
you know, the, the caveat here is you have to hire 10 West Virginians to get the full tax credit. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. right now there isn't a pipeline of workers that are there to fill those roles. It's ready and yeah. available. So you have to come in yep. here and you go, well, you know, I need, you know, somebody to help me run lighting. I need some grips. I need PAs. You know, you come in here first, where do you find them at? Like, where, where am I yep. going to go? There's no, you know, real network of places to find that. So that's kind of why we made that original group to begin with. And then we don't have a whole lot of people trained. Um, both of the schools in the state, I don't think either of them have a film school at this point. Um, Tija, who is on our board at Marshall, is trying to expand her program into filmmaking. But as far as like readily available workers, we don't have a whole lot here to fill the needs if, you know, we get an influx of four or five films in the local area wanting to film. So it's kind of where we stepped in and we're trying to slowly fill some voids and see what we can do. So do you work directly with, like, how do you all fill that void then? Maybe kind of get into the nitty gritty of like, are you, do you have like a book of people that you're ready to call, email, hit up, or is it, you're just kind of waiting for projects to come in and then you help fulfill those? Like what kind of get into like, how is it that you guys are kind of playing that, so there, playing that out? There's a little bit of movement towards the uh, Morgantown area. There's a, I think it was Finelli, is that their name? There's a, there's a couple of brothers yeah. that are originally from the Fairmont area. And they all, I think, Tenel, maybe Tennell Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. So they have moved back to West Virginia because of the tax credit and started filming a lot of projects up there. Mm-hmm. So we don't have a whole lot in this part of the state yet. So our idea is to try to get people trained and try, to, you know, if you build mm-hmm. it, they will come model. Yeah. Short term goal, we're yep. trying to get as many people trained in some of the, you know, jobs that maybe take you know two or three days worth of training for someone to be adequate that can help you out um we already have one training scheduled in october and it sold out last week so we'll have 20 people trained from that and then we have another workshop training that's coming in the following month and we're probably about halfway Mm -hmm. full on it I was going to ask, like, what is, what is the training? Is it, can you do it in a few weeks, a few months? Like, if, like, people are listening to this, they're like, shit, I got, I got nothing going on. Like, what, like, maybe I can be a part of this. Is it something that even, like you said, you know, maybe based in out of Morgantown, could potentially college students in West Virginia, maybe that are w- working in some sort of media space or journalism space, and they want, even if it was like a summer job or a part-time gig that they do 20 hours a week with, because they love being around cameras and, and sets and maybe even theater, like, could college students feasibly do some of these these roles for these, on these productions? Oh, absolutely. Um, the great thing about these jobs is they they don't require a two or four year degree. I mean, these are almost like an apprenticeship style. You know, you come in, you do a one or a, a, a multi-day workshop, you get this skill set. So for example, our first training is uh, basic grip and set lighting. So it's an entry level training workshop. So folks can learn just, you know, the ins and out, the role of what a grip does, and then learn some basic set lighting techniques. Uh, the second workshop we're doing is a little bit more specified within lighting. It's horror movie lighting. And um, so, yeah, the, these are these are uh, very hands-on workshops. 
that you come in, you learn this, you get a certificate and you can take it with you, you know, and because right now, like Justin was alluding to, we don't have a film school. We don't have a training system for for film sets within our higher education system here in West Virginia. So really, there's no way to get this experience. And the and the good thing about it is because this is an emerging industry now that's here in West Virginia, the opportunities are already here too. So you get this training, you can move pretty quickly to getting on a set. And and I want to reiterate too, it's not just film. I mean, it could be a, um, you know, it could be like a commercial production or it could be even a podcast, Yeah, you know, it, it, something like that. Yeah, we have a lot of that too. Like, yeah. okay, there's all kinds of people doing filming of things. You know, there's commercials and things mm-hmm. like that that go on every day. And speaking of tests as well as I can, like, once you get on set, you never have enough hands. Um, you know, we filmed a little movie in February and, you know, small production. And it's like a crew of what, four? So yeah. like you're holding a flashlight and trying to walk somebody down the hill and you got the script in this hand. So you always need more hands out there. And this is, you know, helping fill that void of, you know, more people that know what they're doing. They can help out. They know what you know, the terminology is if someone says, you know, move this key light and things like that. Yeah, sure. And I think it's important maybe to bring up in, because in my mind, and maybe folks listening um, are envisioning something similar. It's not like the projects in films and movies and, and documentaries that would come to the state. They're not all focused on West Virginia. We're not saying that these are like, you know, this is a documentary on the Mothman. You know, this, it's not, we're not trying to, pitch that or create that and if that happens great if there are things that are set in native west virginia there could be a horror movie based in the new river gorge and it could be very fun it could be lead to you know a lot of fun following and whatnot um we've seen what like the one of the video games with that that features like dolly saw it's like the, the fallout 76 there's a whole like cult following that like loves west virginia that have never even been to west virginia but they know it from like the video game so that phenomena of seeing a local place on a screen can take place and that does have economic value certainly but the caveat is that these projects are just could just be blanket film productions in the movies set and you would never know it's in West Virginia. And I think maybe if you maybe both of you could speak on, I guess, the phenomenon of the last 10 years that's happened down in Georgia and I think more specifically the Atlanta area. It wasn't always the case that film productions were, was coming to Georgia and now it's like the go-to spot. And I'm, no doubt is a multi-billion dollar industry that I'm sure is completely revitalized portions of their economy. Um, is that something that... It, does that resonate? Is that kind of what we could build towards in West Virginia? A yeah, version that's that's of what that. I was thinking when you were talking about it there. Like you don't realize Marvel fell in love with Georgia. Um, Black Panther, Georgia. Avengers Endgame was in Georgia. You don't know it's in Georgia by watching the film. But, you know, majority of it was filmed in Georgia. And uh, one of the main ones that like started it off was The Walking Dead. You start watching The Walking really? Dead and at the end of it, they have yeah. that made in georgia jingle yeah. at the end georgia peach yeah that, that's yeah. actually yeah part of the tax incentive they have to add they have to run that they logo to, yeah. oh that's yeah. funny so yeah we have something wait do we have something like that is there like a west virginia thing I, that has to be yeah well, we would like to push we, for one we i think there is but if there isn't we'd like to push for one we 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 came up with the term <laughs> appy wood and uh we're getting ready to get some some uh knock on wood we're getting ready to get some merch Mm-hmm. Uh, launched around Appy Wood and a website. So 
the the branding, yeah, we're we're kicking off some branding that that mm-hmm. we would we would like to see push, but yeah, Georgia was not on anybody's radar even as recently as 2005-2006. Um you know, and it's a 4.4 billion dollar industry. So one of the things that Justin and I have experienced as we're and, and Dave Lavender has experienced this too, and this is why we're thankful to to be a part of the podcast because we're hoping this will shine some light on this new emerging industry is when you talk about industries in West Virginia, you, you, your mind takes you to coal, timber, maybe uh, tourism, you know, uh, medical industry, th- very traditional industries, steel, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. When you start talking about filmmaking and movies, it you get weird, you get odd looks. It's still a very alien concept. I mean, you get you get odd looks, confusion. Um, so right now we're trying to get buy-in and get people to understand that a rising tide lifts all ships. You know, we're constantly hearing the phrase economic diversification. We hear it everywhere. We're always trying to right. find ways. It, feel, it feels like we're throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks. And, you know, Justin and I, uh, you know, born and raised here. So for our entire lives, we've seen hundreds of millions of dollars pumped here into central Appalachia, all in the name of economic diversification. Some programs have exceeded. Some have failed so abysmally that it's resulted in catastrophic, wasteful spending. And, and with zero return on investment. This, this is an industry mm-hmm. that works. We've seen it work in the Carolinas, in Georgia. It's now working in Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is exploding with this industry. And, you know, Pittsburgh and uh, that part of Pennsylvania, that's Appalachia. Um, Knoxville, Tennessee, another huge city in Appalachia. It's another emerging industry. A lot of episodic TV work is shot down there. So everywhere this is implemented... This has given new life to that area, that region's economy, and it can work here, but we're really trying to get people on board to understand that. Yeah. Why do you think there is a little bit of hesitation? Do you think it's, is it ingrained into a cultural issue? And I have a little bit of a theory, but I'd like to maybe hear your thoughts. Like, why do you think there's a little bit of pushback? Why is there a little bit of eye rolling when you kind of I think talk there is a little that? bit of that. I think it's just kind of ingrained as, you know, not a real, real job, but people don't understand like the way the coal industry was, you had your coal mines and then you had all kinds of other industries that fanned out from that to support the coal mines, you know, whether that be restaurants or, you know, the people that take care of the hydraulics. So there's all kinds of things that fanned out when the coal mines sure. stuff started closing. Huge impacts in these regions. It wasn't just, you know, the coal mines and the coal miners out of work. It was other people on down the line. And this has the same, you know, potential impact if something comes in here to film. You know, there's wages for the people working on sets. There's the goods that are purchased, you know, hotel rooms, things like that, catering. There's all kinds of things that will fan out from this. I just think people have a, just a general idea that it's not, you know, blue collar. Because we are a very blue collar state. Um, and the irony is the, these jobs that we're training people for are blue collar. And, and they're usually, <laughs> they're usually yeah. union. And they are usually union. So, so the buy-in should be there. Yeah, it, it's very ironic because we're not, you know... Um, we're we're not just training up 
uh, actors. Mm-hmm. Um, these again, you know, production assistants, lighting technicians, grips, set designers, set designers, slate operate. These are very blue collar jobs. Mm-hmm. Again, that don't require an advanced degree for this. And there's a demand for it. yeah, yeah. I get. I see you kind of you kind of hit on what I was thinking is that I think, and this is an unfortunate maybe toxic part of the culture is that historically in a rural area, when you have a way of life that you have to focus on necessity, survival, resourcefulness, working on the farm, you had children so your children could help you on the farm. When you grow up in a rural Appalachian culture for you know let's say two hundred years like that, things like creativity and or maybe the creative arts or artistic expression and whatnot is viewed as a nice thing to have, but it's not, it's not important. It's not, uh, it's not going to move. It's not going to milk that cow today. It's not going to build that wall today. It's not going to build the house today. It's just like nice. And it's kind of like seen as like an on top thing. Like, okay, that's great. You know, little Jimmy can sing, but let's get back to work and let's mine coal. Let's do timber. Let's do the things that actually move the needle of the way of life. But I think now in the modern world, right, we have our needs met like that, but we still have a little bit of that mentality to where these industries or jobs can maybe be seen as like, well, that's a little bit like just doesn't fit into what is deemed as important, maybe, or like worth, you know, or like, oh, that's not going to work here, that sort of thing. But like you guys said, so I think it's a little bit of a mixed match and it's maybe not extremely easy to follow. But in my mind, it's like you can see that maybe the layover effects of when you had to focus on pure necessity type work, that this style of creative artistic expression was maybe not taken that seriously because it, it didn't move the needle of daily life. But, but now in the modern world, we have those needs met more easily. And then of course you can, if like, you know, someone can live in Logan County or, or McDowell County and have a dream of being a film producer or an actor, and you can actually do it. That's not a high in the sky dream to have if you live in deep Southern West Virginia or you want to be on a production set or something like that, whereas otherwise maybe someone, maybe an older generation or older school thought it's like, Oh, well, what do you, what kind of aspiration is that? Like, you're not going to be on a film set and that's extremely toxic. And maybe that contributes to some of the hesitation. Maybe we see from an industry like this, maybe taken full, taken a hold quite yet. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I definitely follow that logic. We've had some feedback like <laughs> that, you know, just like direct, like why would someone choose this over being an electrician? Why does someone be decide to be an electrician over a doctor? Like you can't just, you can't just like yeah, exactly. That's say, what they want to do. A, exactly. Yeah, that, yeah a one pursuit. or the other kind yeah. of thing. Some people don't want to do that. Some right. people have yeah. creativity. Yeah, love being creative and then love you know the arts, and that's what they want to do. But it's themselves. funny too. We all rely on that as entertainment. I mean, yeah. I, I would or I, I would love to see a statistic on this, but I would say the overwhelming majority of West Virginia households have a television and or radio. Have a fire stick now. I mean, we we rely on this entertainment literally daily. Well, how do we think yeah, right. this wonderful entertainment that is, that is, <laughs> we're wasting our time watching television? How do they think this is all made, created? I mean, no one's making this for free. It's like we're all sports fans, right? College football, kickoff, we love it. You know, NFL's this coming weekend, actually this Thursday. Those people are paid. <laughs> Like, yeah, like this is entertainment is a paying industry. You know, it's a there are people that are obviously providing a service and getting paid for providing that service, just like anything else. Mm -hmm. And the the best part is everywhere that that has been implemented um, has seen an economic explosion 
that guess what the mom and pop restaurant in Logan um you know the the uh the old car lot the family owned car lot down in Chapmanville they see an economic injection because these productions are are going to be all over West Virginia um you know there are no parts of Georgia and and hardly any parts of North Carolina that have seen an economic boost from the from the film television industry and uh but like you know we have gotten some pushback now the 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 part that is a little bit disheartening to me is you know we've both justin's been in it longer than i have in the nonprofit world we've seen a lot i mean we have seen millions upon millions of dollars to create programs that amount to being a glorified hobby in many cases i mean i i have i have actually seen money i mean we're talking you know, 30,000 here, 50,000 here, 100,000 here to teach people how to make like homemade jewelry or grow tomatoes or things like that. You know, and, and when I look at that, I'm like, so much money is spent on this. And like my grandma taught me how to do that in 10 minutes. And nobody spends $30,000 <laughs> to teach an egg boiling class, right? But but we see this. I mean, I I live it. I mean, we see this all the time. And um you know, so it is a little bit maddening when you learn of all of this spending just endlessly. I mean, there's no end to it. Yeah. On pro and again, I'll, I'll say what I said earlier in the in the uh, interview. Some of the programs work very well. Some of them, eh, kind of. And then some of them are just like an, an absolute epic fail. It's just like, wow, we just spent six figures on throwing money in the air. We're just yeah. throwing, we're just burning, we're just setting money on fire. And uh, these are real. Yeah tangible jobs that require little training but a lot of potential and we're just saying let us have a seat at the table when the conversation around economic diversification is happening whether it's from our higher education leaders elected officials community business leaders entrepreneurs philanthropists just just let us can we just have a seat at that table and and introduce you to this massive potential that is now right here. It's not knocking on the door. It's not speculation. It's here in Appywood. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and at least, you know, like you said, yeah, you have to have a seat at the table first to even be competitive, right? If, if there, if there are productions that are being made all around the country and all around the world, and they're looking for places to go, if you can't even say that, yeah, we're, we're welcoming people here, then you are totally not even part of the conversation. So just being yeah. part of the conversation, I'm sure. But so it sounds like kind of get into the history of the film office then. So it, it had previously been open, shut down and reopened here within the last two years. So why is there now like this resurgence? Is it everything that you guys are just talking about now? More and more people are discovering that Appalachia can be a place to shoot film find production companies and crews. I mean, what, what is this latest resurgence here specifically in West Virginia? Or is it what you're just saying too about the potential economic boost, the economic diversification? Like, is it is it one thing? Is it many things? You know, why now does it feel like you guys are just starting to spiral again or starting, starting to pick up some traction? I don't the original reason of why it was closed down. I don't think they were getting a whole lot of return on their investment earlier when this thing closed down. They closed down right around when the Marshall movie was being filmed here. Because the Marshall movie was filmed partially in Huntington, and then they went to Georgia, who had the tax credit to finish yeah. filming the movie about Huntington. So the irony. 
Hey, that sucks. <laughs> I didn't know that yeah, detail. That sucks. Yeah, all, I think like it was the, Jim's Jim's Spaghetti Diner, right? The, it was the Spaghetti Diner was yeah. in Georgia too. Yeah, the film tax credit has been uh-huh. driving the the engine yeah. behind all this. Yeah. So when this yeah. they had yeah. two senators and and people pushing for this for about three or four years to get it going mm-hmm. again, and then finally they broke through. Uh, Diana Graves, uh, Mark Maynard was in on it. You know, I don't want to leave anybody out, but I, I know there's more people that were yeah. involved in pushing this. They yeah. got to go back going. Yeah. I think they just realize how much production is taking place now. We're not all talking about Hollywood yeah. level, massive, you know, $300 million movies that you're seeing in Hollywood. We have so many options right now with Apple TV, uh, Netflix, Disney. All these people are looking to buy content for their streaming services. Mm-hmm. So it's not all yeah. the massive, huge Avengers Endgame sure. looking productions. There's a lot of other productions taking place where people are just wanting to consume more and more and more, you know, entertainment. So I think the time is right for the film tax office to get, you know, back underway, get some people here. And, you know, I may be biased, but I think our state is just perfect for filming. Uh, we have every possible, you know, biome that you could want. We have, you know, beautiful mountains. We have, you know, flatlands, we have rivers, we have everything but an ocean, I think, in West Virginia that would lend itself to, you know, any kind of production you're really looking for. And even where are people going? Oh, I'm sorry. Go I was going to say, yeah, go too, um, you know, we even just not even talked about this. We've even actually shot some footage. It's amazing how, you know, the two major cities, Charleston, Huntington, just are visually so diverse in the way they are laid out. Mm-hmm. You know, Charleston, the interstate runs over the city, so everything looks bigger. It almost looks a little bit like maybe you're coming into Louisville or somewhere like that. So you can capture a much bigger, more of a city urban look, whereas Huntington, more of a smaller city feel. You know, there's just, like he was saying, you know, we have everything but, but the ocean, and uh, it's very appealing, so much so that I believe... Uh, and Dave can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, you know, Dave Lavender said just since the film tax credit was implemented July of last year, so we're only talking about 14 months. Um, they've already worked with almost 90 productions. They've already communicated with almost 90 mm-hmm. productions. And the uh, the the you know the brothers up north in the Fairmont Clarksburg area, they they're working. You know, in that region, there are lifetime movies. I think there's like up to eight. Lifetime movies that have been contracted to film just in that area. So you're already starting to see pockets of this state really move in that direction and securing pretty sizable locations. Christmas at the Greenbrier was shot late last year. Um, my the movie it was, was okay. okay. My wife was in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's oh, she did phenomenal. She, <laughs> she did phenomenally. Hey, yeah. wait a minute. She was the best part. Here, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, no, no we went down there. Yeah, you're right. It was a very uh, cliche. Hallmark. It's a little, it was a little cheesy. It was, it was a hallmarky hall- movie. Yes, it, was. It, was. it was a good hallmarky movie it, it, at the Greenbrier. We've just, talked about we, that. We've talked about your wife did a great job. She was outstanding. I don't know yeah. what you're getting going into those. Like, <laughs> Hallmark and Christmas movies and horror movies are yeah. the most yeah. forgiving genre yeah. 
<laughs> of, of movies out there. Like mm -hmm. it, it, it's almost like a fail yeah. safe. Yeah, you got to put your hand going in. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's going to be good enough to entertain you and give you the feel, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. That's amazing. Um, I do want to clarify a really important point that I think Ashley, you and I spoke about maybe when we first spoke was that the the tax credit is a, a lot smaller minimum maybe than other places. So that does make it attractive. It doesn't have to be like you said earlier. It's not a hundred million dollar Marvel movie. It could be someone like a freelancer. Like it's a it's a sizable. I think it's fifty thousand yeah. dollars. So it's it's and that in terms of production, I mean that's that's not much more than I mean hell you could film a commercial for a small business oh, and it'd absolutely. be a thirty thousand dollar ticket right now. So. So fifty thousand dollars in film and production is is not that big of a project, which is good because that means that smaller scale projects can actually take advantage of that, and that's an important differentiator if we look at that compared that's to what other we places. We want to do, and, and that's what Justin touched on. We we want to, yeah, I mean, we want to attract the the big productions to come here, but we also want to grow this thing from the inside out as well. Mm -hmm. And that fifty thousand dollar threshold, for example. I think George is about five hundred thousand. Is is their entry to to even start the conversation of, of getting their tax credit? So yeah, fifty thousand. That's a small threshold to get into. And that also helps out people yeah. who want to tell West Virginia stories that are actually here too. Like we've, you know, been the victim of you know out of state interest coming in and using us for you know poverty porn and drug porn and things like that. Like sure. We, we need to tell our story. That's not indicative of the entire state of West Virginia. We have plenty to offer. We have great people, beautiful scenes, you know, our own stories that don't need to be, you know, pigeonholed from out-of-state people coming in here and saying, I'm going to use them to, to boost my career with some more, you know, heroin stories or whatever it may be. Yeah. Or yeah. stories. Yeah. That's an important point. And I think, I mean, that's obviously a core to our founding is that we wanted to be a storytelling agency from the POV of native West Virginians and not, you know, and provide a little bit more deeper context into these nuanced conversations that we have about the challenges and issues. Um, is there, is there an individual, is there a group that's kind of taken that lead? Are there, are there people that maybe we're not aware of that are doing West Virginia based projects that you guys are like keep, keeping an eye on following or kind of proud of to be supporting with? Still kind of early. We have some things in the works ourselves. Um, we filmed a little movie in February, and we have a, a potential another movie coming this fall that we'll film. Uh, Tisha Bumgardner, who is a professor at Marshall, uh, she filmed a movie last year, I want to say, or maybe this summer even. Um, so there's some little things going on like that. And uh, that's kind of one of our goals is to, you know, try to encourage people to do this. Um, planning on having right, started. You know, a small filmmaker's library of lighting and, and things like that that someone could, you know, borrow or rent off of us, at, you know, free to, to little charge to get, you know, mm -hmm. production things in people's hands so they can, you know, tell their story. Yeah, yeah, to be able to do it. Yeah, CJ, you and I need to be a, ca a small cameo in one of these films. How can we convince you, Justin <laughs> yeah. and Ashley, to, to feature? <laughs> you gotta, you gotta let us know where. <laughs> so let me pass that coffee to somebody. Else. <laughs> for, for sure, yeah. When so how how broad is this? You know, uh, okay, so Brad Paisley comes. We hear he's filming a music video. Can he be eligible for the credit? Would he? Could he go through you guys to get things like that? I mean, is this movies, TV shows? music videos like how broad um do you guys try and work 
this is more of a Dave question, but I'm, I, I don't think there's limitations. I don't think really. there is either. I, no. I think now there are certain rules that have to be met yeah. uh, per the language of the legislation, but I don't think there's a stipulation yeah. on differentiating, you know, like a music video from a documentary to a feature length film, even a short film, you know, short films are getting pricey these days. Mm -hmm. uh, like Justin said, we, we just shot one on location in Hurricane and uh, it wasn't it wasn't cheap to do. Certainly wasn't free. Uh, you know, if you want to do things right and uh, and professional, yeah. but you know, I don't think there's any real stipulation. But I would defer that to Dave. But as far as working with us, I mean, obviously, you know, we are training folks up to get them on these sets. We are filmmakers, so we one of our goals is to not only be able to train people but to be able to uh, get people on our sets, working on our sets as well, which will also, yeah. you know, it's kind of a one-two punch training. They get paid and they get even more advanced kind of OJT, almost like an apprenticeship. And uh, so, you know, that, so like he was saying, you're starting to see things pop off now. Like they brought back the Appalachian Film Festival that had been gone for years and years uh, that's actually how I met Dave, probably back way back in 2004, 2005. Uh, so some stuff is starting to come back that was organically already here. And uh, and lots mm -hmm. of new stuff is is starting to pop up now all over the state. Yeah, I'm glad that you thank you for clarifying that, because I know that we have been very broad with our conversation here. Some of it's been uh, film <laughs> office, yeah. tax credit. Futures Foundation. So uh, thank you for kind of just cleaning that up for me there. Um, go ahead. I have one more yeah, one more thing. Like, is there the potential, like, is it a goal or is it a reasonable goal? And are there pros and cons of a situation like, like Ozark was filmed, or like the, I think it was on Netflix, like, and how it was actually, I don't know if it was actually filmed in the Ozarks or whatnot, but like, and then it at least encourages people to maybe go out there and do that. Like, is there any discussion of like, well, what if we did a West Virginia film? Like, you know, it was set in the New River Gorge. Would that bring an X number of more people to there? Like, have there ever been like a straight up game plan to be like, let's showcase the state and see if it could if it could boost, you know, actual tourism to the state? Like, is or does it or maybe help us understand, does any production company think in that terms or is that too maybe meta for a production company to kind of think in terms of like they're focused on the, the filmmaking and wherever the story leads, not not also the economic impact of their film. We're that hoping that pops off. I, I'm. Don't quote me on this. I'll look it up in a second. But I think Ozark was actually filmed in Georgia also, to be honest with you. Really? <laughs> Damn, we've been deceived. Yeah, by so, yeah like The Walking Dead. There's all kinds of stories on The Walking Dead. I guess there's, you know, it has a huge following. And like the towns it was filmed in have like a huge tourism boom. And they have like zombie diner right. and like all kinds of things like people created to <laughs> capture all these tourists coming in. So it's, it's we have the potential for something like that here. We have enough cities like old old cities that are you know not as hustling and bustling as they were that i think would be a great place for someone to come in and say hey we're gonna start filming an episodic tv show here we need yeah. to close down the streets we're gonna rebuild the you know the look of all of it we definitely have the potential to i haven't heard of anything yet i'd love to be involved with something like that but you know it's going to take money and an investment to make it happen I just looked it up and it is a heartbreaker. Ozark filmed almost entirely in Georgia. Yep. Uh, 
just yeah. some of the aerial Crazy. footage, like the yep. the, the dam strip shot that was in Lake Ozark, but yep. that was it. It's like, all everything else. Yeah, they Georgia. cut that B roll in for some stock footage, <laughs> and the rest. Yeah, right. Georgia. Yep. And That's and crazy. here's the funny. And here's the thing. You know, we've got we now have the most competitive tax credit mm -hmm. in the nation. So that's the kind of stuff that could go on here. I mean, there could be a film that takes place. Could come here if you won that. Yeah, yeah there, exactly. could be a, there could be a series or film that takes place in another state in Appalachia, but the reverse, like it's all shot here, and, you know, but it's made to look right. like, I don't know, Tennessee, North Central Tennessee, yeah. or, or just anywhere like that. I'd say he and Caden Tooley and, and James Holly did a film about four years ago that was set in New York. Yeah, and they got some B-roll from New York, and the rest of it was filmed in the Frederick Building downtown. And yeah, and the you entire movie. The difference. And yeah. you, you honestly, you honestly, I, wow. I actually had people ask me, "Wow, you guys went up to New York and shot this? That's super cool." And I'm like, yeah, "Of course we did." <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Turnaround. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, that's it, funny. It, uh, yeah, yeah, so that the the trickery of cinema and the uh, the wonderful world of B-roll footage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like to your earlier point, I mean, content has never, and I don't see this tr train slowing down, right? I mean, like all the different streaming networks, it seems like independent media too is on the rise. So that le lends itself to the more independent media documentaries and productions and amateur filmmaking and then like the, you know, professional filmmaking. So it, it seems like an industry that is definitely not slowing down. I mean, Americans love watching stuff. We love filming stuff or we love, you know, consuming content. So it seems like it's a an industry that's positioned for, you know, continued growth. Um, so I think you guys are in the right spot, doing the right thing at the right time. And hopefully this is the foundation for 10 years from now. We have, we have something similar to Atlanta and we'll look back and, you know, 30,000 West Virginians will be employed directly from this and it'll be uh, quite a success story. So I think you guys are on the path to doing that. And we appreciate you coming on here and kind of, kind of sharing that story with yeah, us. Yeah, we definitely appreciate it too. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah. And we just, uh, what should folks look out for? Should they, is there a website like how to like the trainings or their upcoming more China? You said you were sold out on the first one, but is there, as we already kind of, it's crazy to say, close out 2023, are there anything else on the radar and even maybe? Yeah, for, for sure. Uh, I would encourage folks to definitely check out our website, filmfuturesfoundation.com mm -hmm. and uh, Film Futures Foundation on Facebook. We are posting our workshops and trainings, uh, you know, on social media, on the website and you know, we do have another one coming up in November. It's our horror movie lighting workshop. We're about halfway to sold out on that. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Really, once they Very find cool. out who's doing it and the word gets out, we really haven't even promoted it. We were trying to get the other one sold out before we started promoting the horror one. But Sam Hodge, who has a you know, couple of IMDb credits on some pretty good horror films here from the area. Yeah. And he's so it'll oh, it'll sell out too, almost guaranteed. And one of the good things about our workshops too is, you know, it's easy to go out of state and try to get huge talent. Of course, that comes with a huge price tag, but it's also impactful to get people who have been and are currently successful from West Virginia who can show others, hey, this is how I did it. This is how you should. I just think yeah. there's that just hits so much different. Yeah. When it's like, wow, I didn't realize you were from uh, you know, Clarksburg or Beckley or Barbersville. I had no idea you were like from here. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. super awesome. Yep. So that's
Yeah, I, I definitely believe Cooper and I, I think, share the sentiment, but there's almost this renaissance of people coming back to West Virginia now to, you know, almost fulfill this yeah. duty of like, you left to learn, but now you're yeah. bringing it back home. I, I do think that that is definitely happening right now in West Virginia. So hopefully it can obviously carry over into your Ross world as well. Guys, thank you so much for jumping on. Yeah, that was thanks, a lot guys. of fun. Thanks a lot. And, guys uh, do yeah, awesome work. Keep it up.